good morning, Meridian, and welcome to Grind, Grace, and Growth every Tuesday morning here on Super Talk 103.3 FM. Each day we wake up to start the daily grind, and we try to do everything with grace with the goals of growth. I'm Shelly Hotchkiss Whitehead, General Manager of Super Talk Meridian, and your host of Grind, Grace, and Growth. And we have some movers and shakers in the, in the uh, studio today that we're going to be interviewing. And I'm excited to hear what they have to talk about. We have Bobby Partridge, who's the chaplain at the East Mississippi Correctional Facility here in Chunky, correct? Is it in Chunky? It's, it's in Meehan. Meehan. It's yeah, kind of all close. Yeah. It's like yes, in the ma'am. same They're area. all in the neighborhood. And then we have Dr. Darlene Washington, and she is with um, Angel Tree Fellowship. Wait, Angel Tree Prison Fellowship. That's correct, right? That's correct. All right. So we have been talking in the studio just a little bit about what they do within the prison and it's really really heartwarming it's fascinating that they are making a difference in the lives of our prisoners and helping them have a better quality of life and hopefully one day when they come out they will be able to have a good quality of life and be productive and contributing members of society right absolutely that's correct Mm -hmm. all right so dr washington why don't you open up with just a little brief bio about what you do and why you do it. Okay, thank you, Shelley. I am a retired educator and um, it seems like an oxymoron for me to actually be involved with prison ministry, but I answered the call, the collect call to get involved with uh, prison ministry and it has changed my life tremendously. I serve as the field director or the prison ministry manager for Prison Fellowship, which is the largest organization in the world for restoration of prisoners. A lot of people identify Prison Fellowship with Angel Tree. Most people in the world have heard about the prisoners' children actually getting gifts at Christmas time because the churches get involved and get these wonderful gifts to the children in the name of the prisoners. Well, I serve the state of Mississippi along with Arkansas, and we're also looking at Louisiana. But what we basically do with Prison Fellowship is help the prisoners to deal with what we call the soft skills or the things that actually drove them to prison. Prison is designed to deal with the behavior. But what we're finding is one out of three prisoners return back. And so what we're doing with Prison Fellowship is not only focusing on the children, but we're focusing on the individuals. We set up what is called a Prison Fellowship Academy. It's like a school. And being a former educator, it really connects with me. And we deal with things like being a better dad, uh, managing your finances, Uh, criminogenic behavior, uh, developing a change plan. We also deal with things like anger, resolving everyday conflict, how to deal with things that are not set up in the way that you were used to dealing with them. And so all of this was built around the call that Chuck Colson had on his life. And most people remember Chuck Colson from the Watergate scandal. He did uh, a small sentence, but in that situation, or his sentence, he said the Lord dealt with him and he promised that he would never forget the prisoners. So this organization, it's going on now over 40 years, has been focusing on restoration for the prisoners. So in a nutshell, Shelley, that's what we do. 
Well, I'm so excited to hear you say that because in a lot of prison systems, I've heard that they've done away with the restoration and that they don't believe it works. And I'm with you. I think it does work and I've seen it work. And I do know that God can change lives because I've seen him change mine. So, Bobby, let's go a little bit to you that you're you're in the prison every day with some of these prisoners. How have you seen the prisoners change with being involved with this academy? Okay, well, um, with this academy, I want to just emphasize that it is based on biblical principles. Um, And so a lot of these guys that deal with anger, frustration, God is God is delivering his people. And we're seeing a lot of restoration already in the prison. And God is not going to stop there. He's also going to deal with their families as well. And um, and so he's just he's moving mightily in the prison. We're seeing lots of miracles, signs, wonders, um, even creative miracles in the prison. And I'm just decreeing and declare that revival has already started and it started in our prison. And I believe that it's going to continue to move on even outside the prison walls. But these guys, once they get delivered from the things that they were struggling with, they no longer have have those issues they are completely set free because we know that who the son sets free is free indeed and god didn't send me in there without me getting delivered first so you know i had i had a lot of things that i went through um a lot of deliverance a lot of deliverance um struggles and so i I just remember crying out, Lord, I just want to see the captive set free. I remember trying to get jobs in ministry, and every door would just close on me. And I said, well, I'm just going to run away from this because it's just not, obviously it's not what I'm supposed to do. But it was just not the right time. God's timing is always perfect. And um, But I had to go through some deliverance myself and get set free. And then once I was set free, I said, Lord, I just want to see the captive set free and i i would have never thought he'd send me into a prison but when he a opened male that prison. door yeah right. <laughs> a male prison and you're what I, five foot four uh yes ma'am tiny blonde <laughs> into a male prison i would yes. be scared to death and again i wanted to major in sociology with a minor in history and first thing my dad said was i don't want my daughter working in a prison <laughs> and institutional I love the study of institutions, if that makes sense. Yes, Yes. it does. Um, Anything that has to do with history, I don't want to get into the stuff that I've studied because it's pretty grotesque. Um, But the reason on how people got into an institution does fascinate me. And going back to those soft skills, let's talk about, you know, what were the things that... Talking about those soft skills, how does that help them on a day-to-day basis once they're revitalized, once they have been delivered? Well, what we're seeing is um, they're they're able to uh, focus. They have they're like chaplain, chaplain. I can read my Bible now. I really, I actually want to read my Bible. I want to do these things to better to better my life and to prepare me for, you know, um, outside the prison when they're when they're released. Um, so their focus is so much better. Um, just in general, they feel they feel the physical. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's just very like the weight of the world has been lifted, has been lifted and they feel lighter and they, and they know that they've been delivered in their mind in their heart and in, in their soul because your soul becomes you know whenever you're you're hurt it's a, your soul becomes a landing strip for anger bitterness resentment and all those things and so what we do is we deal with the soul god deals with all of it mind body 
and spirit you know but um so when they're set free they feel it physically and also emotionally but also spiritually now there's 1300 prisoners yes. in the prison that's in hickory chunky area yes ma'am Mehan. Mm-hmm. now how many prisoners do you guys deal with in your area dr washington well believe it or not there are prisoners that are what we call model prisoners and the prisoners that actually get to participate in this program are your model prisoners those that are striving to become a better citizen and what we do and this is something that i want to kind of piggyback on what chaplain just said we have seven core principles that we are focusing on within this 12-month period Number one, we focus on integrity, affirmation, productivity, restoration, responsibility, and community. And the last one, Shelly, is that I really want to build upon because something unique happens with them when they actually become a part of this program. We're building a community. And we don't want to say, let's wait until you get out to know how to treat your neighbor, or let's wait until you get out to know how to deal with anger. Prison Fellowship has designed with this academy a good citizenship model. And one of the key core principles is building a community. And here's something that that I love about this program. All of the model prisoners or the prisoners that uh, are not involved in altercations or those who are, you know, in compliance with all of the things that the facility has, they get to move to a specific housing unit. And all of the men that have been chosen, and right now we have a total of 66, and this is our first academy. We launched it in April all of them actually get the opportunity to live together and to practice the principles that they are actually building, you know, how to resolve conflict. Um, When I did my uh, PhD, when I received my PhD, my dissertation was built around the community. And little did I know that I would be chosen, you know, to use this component of it in the prison. And what we don't realize is this is a large piece that was missing out of their lives that contributed to a part of maybe their anger. You know, they told us that it takes a village to raise a child. And sometimes what we find a lot is that a piece of that community aspect is missing. You know, what what do you do? What what is the correct thing to do when this this presents itself. So uh, I'm excited about this being launched in Meridian, and I'm most excited about the progress that we're seeing since we launched the program in April. So you have 66 men who are participating in this program. 66 men that are in that housing unit, yes. And so not only does this give them an opportunity for personal growth, but I'd also think that with them living around men that want to live for the Lord, that's going to give them a new sense of security, of safety. Mm-hmm. Because I know, as we see in all the movies, that's one of the big things is people are afraid when they're in prison. If you don't join this gang or if you don't do this or if you don't do what so-and-so says, you're going to get hurt. So giving these men this opportunity to have a safe and secure place to live gives them hope, mm-hmm. I would say. 
it also helps them make better choices and um, it just you know it prepares them before they're released inside the prison and outside the prison because God's using them in inside the prison but he'll continue to use them outside the prison as well but um, and how do the other prisoners that are not in the program how do they perceive these men well, we have we have a big waiting list. Let's well, just, me, that's <laughs> great to hear. And that is a positive <laughs> answer to say, because that's an answer I wanted to hear. Yeah. You know, not something negative, not mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that, you know, they're scared. There's lots of men that want to enroll in this mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. We have so, a very long waiting list for prison fellowship. So can you take 66 men per academy or? Well, our classrooms are limited. They're small. We can only um, hold 15 per classroom. And so we have to split it up. We have education that um, goes on in the other classrooms. So uh, we have to share classrooms. And so the classroom time and the classroom being so small, we can't, we can't at this right now, but uh, we just, we'll see what happens later. Maybe it'll open up for more inmates to participate. Now, how does this program get funded? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. All of the curriculum programs, all of the material, the supplies are provided by Prison Fellowship. And Prison Fellowship is a nonprofit organization, so it is, you know, funded by donations. And the recruitment, the training of all the academy volunteers, ongoing support and oversight of the program is all sponsored by Prison Fellowship. And that's where uh, I come in and also our director of corrections. And and we have a partnership with the Department of, of Mississippi Department of Correction and with MTC, who actually um, runs the prison at East Mississippi Correctional. All right, correct. It's a private facility, private, privately owned facility. Okay, well, that just sounds great. So if anyone wants to donate to Prison Fellowship, how would they do that? You can actually go to the website, uh, prisonfellowship.org, and you will find that your contributions uh, will be safe. And the state of Mississippi is something that we're actually building. And I just want to say to all of the people that are in Meridian, those that are listening, this is an opportunity for us as as um, residents to get on board. And not only if you cannot give financially, one of the reasons why we're here today is to ask for volunteers. Those who have answered the call, you know, from, I was talking to someone today and he is actually a pharmacist and he works at the prison. And I was like, and he was, it's, it's a different hour. And we, we could relate to one another because this isn't our normal place of employment. But he answered the call. And I want to say to the volunteers, it is so important that what you realize that you're getting yourself into is connected with kingdom work. And I've never been so satisfied. I've never been so fulfilled. And I had one of the toughest situations in my life, Shelly. I lost my late husband to a massive heart attack. My children were small. And I was just in a low, low place. And one day, about five years into widowhood, I heard the Lord say, get up and start that Sunday school class. And he showed me the class at the prison. I was like, here? No way. I don't even qualify for this. But the first day I entered in, something broke off me and I grew. 
I grew. And every time I would actually go into that facility, something would happen to me. I thought that I was helping them, but they were helping me. And seven years into widowhood, my husband shows up and my life has been fulfilled because I answered the call. So I just want to say to people in Meridian, we are looking for volunteers. You may not be able to facilitate an academy, but we have hope events. We have a prayer team. We also have people to write encouraging cards for Christmas time. We're going to have like a big hope event where we give each prisoner a cookie. Now, I know crime is very, very hard on some people, especially when you and your family are the victims of something heinous happening. But if you could join our prayer team, that would be amazing. And I just want as many people who would like to get in contact with the chaplain and to get in contact with me. You know, we're waiting for this city to actually grow and to become what we call a stellar city for prison fellowship. I think it sounds exciting. And I think it's possibly something the city's needed with the crime rates that we have. You know, we have to do something to help, you know, bring these people home and to make them better citizens once they get out. And I think that's fantastic what you guys are doing there. And we need to encourage it as a community. We need the city of Meridian. We need the county to support it. We need all hands on deck with it. And to all come up with a collaboration on how, I mean, just think what we could do with the amount of prisoners that we have that are getting released every year. I mean, we could help with our workforce. We could help, you know, bring new businesses. And, you know, just because you go to prison doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means you did a bad thing. Exactly. And that's what I always tell people. And I always tell people, my children especially, I said, I'll say, well, I may not like, dislike what you did or your behavior. That doesn't mean I don't dislike you, if that makes sense. And and so we need to, you know, kind of sometimes put these stigmas of, oh, they were in jail. Oh, they were in prison. I mean, yes. And they paid for a long time for their punishment. Right. I'm ready to see those labels removed, the stigmas removed. And it's wonderful. It's it's really, I, I, you know, like Dr. Washington um, saying that, you know, she grows. I, I, I love it because I not only do I like to teach, but I like to be taught. And, and these guys, I'm learning from them, too. You know, and it's, it's pretty amazing. I went in there thinking I was going to transform them, but they're really transforming me. Yeah, I used to work in, in assisted living and not a little bit different, but I was like the activities director. So I thought I would be helping to change and make empower these little older people that have Alzheimer's lives. And they taught me more than I could ever have learned and taught me to respect the elderly as well. Mm-hmm. And to learn from them because their amount of knowledge that they have because i mean some of them are 85 95 years old they've seen the world change and i just used to love to sit and talk with them about what things were like when they were a little girl or what things were like during the war and i'm sure you've had some of the same memories that you have that you've learned from the prisoners of what not to do with your life or i should have done this the this way and things like that Mm -hmm. Now, I want to go over a couple of facts, Mm -hmm. Dr. Washington. Okay. It says right here on the Angel Fellowship paper, the facts, 2.1 million men and women are incarcerated. That's correct. And that's across the United States? Across the United States, and they may have increased. (laughs) May have increased. Since this weekend, look. (laughs) And then two 
out of three will be readmitted, rearrested to prison once they get out. That's correct. And then this is the one I think that's near and dear to my heart. 1.5 million children with a parent in prison. That's correct. So that means there is a child out there not having their mama or their daddy because of a crime that they committed. And that's awful. I can't imagine not seeing my kids. I can't imagine, you know, and you hear stories about women in jail or having babies in jail and not having to have that bond with them, them being taken off to an orphanage and, and just not really having, you know, not having the opportunity to raise your own child. I can't imagine. So I know we're working in men's prisons. Now, Dr. Washington, do you work with any women's prisons? Yes, we do. And we're in the process of establishing this program uh, with one of the women prisons that's actually where they reopened in Greenwood, Mississippi. And uh, we're currently working with what I call my God spot, the one that God sent me to, is in Flowood, where it's an all-women facility, but it's a work community. And Prison Fellowship has a lot of resources for prisoners, for their families. What kind of community did you say it was? A work community, where the women actually go in the community and they work to pay off fines. And so we're, we're working with them with some of the special classes that we have. And what we really want to do, and this is... Uh, a really good thing for the state of Mississippi since we are the hospitality state. We really want to, what I find with this is when you actually intercede or you pray first, that is the building block or the foundation for you to find your direction or the path for you to serve. And so that's the thing that I really, really want to ask the city of Meridian to do is to remember, remember the prisoners and to pray for us as we're actually going in because Shelly people are really being changed. And it's a mantra of mine. I tell people that I've taught from the jailhouse to the White House. I actually used to teach GED in a, in a prison and like the chaplain, I never would have thought that I would be in an all-male facility. But I tell people that having seven brothers was grooming me. You know, I was I was actually learning how to deal with men. And I'm very, very grateful that I have been graced with a presence where they respect me. But the thing that I really want to say is it is so important that we realize, just like the st- statistics there, that these prisoners are going to actually get out. And we want them to be the best people that they can be and exactly. have the have the most success that they possibly can have. And we have to be able to encourage that, mm-hmm. offer it, mm-hmm. make it available. And like you were saying, they all live together. And you have to live, you have mm-hmm. to surround yourself with people that are like you, that have the same goals as you. And so that's a great one. I heard you said that they were all living together. That really encouraged me mm-hmm. because it takes one bad influence to drop one person right off. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they're all living together, that just means they're safe and that's gonna give them even more encouragement to you know, be a mentor, mm-hmm. um, to you know, continue down the road of being a role model you know, prisoner and you know, the longer they do it, the more it becomes habit. And when they are released, that will just make them more of a better person and 
being able to contribute to society. We definitely want them leaving um, not the same way they entered. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And with any time you hear that someone's in prison, you just automatically think, oh, my gosh, that's the end of their life. And mm-hmm. for a lot of people, it is if they have life in prison, mm-hmm. um, you know, but you can still have a quality of life and you can still live your life to the fullest. and You can still live your life for the Lord. And that's what you guys are doing. Yes. And one of my mantras, Shelly, is being an educator is education plus salvation equals transformation and that's what we want to help to establish Um, there's a groundwork that needs to be established and we do not need to wait until they're actually released but if we can start the transformation process and these are proven courses proven coursework that is working and like I said in the state of Texas California Oklahoma we're actually uh, seeing the recidivism rate go down these are people that are not going back to prison and prison fellowship has hired quite a few of returned citizens and they serve in all different capacities from attorneys to field directors to uh, state directors and it's amazing in how transformation of the mind and of the spirit has set them free and that's what we want for the state of Mississippi it was one of the reasons why I actually took this job because I was was convinced from teaching that Sunday school class that there's a level of freedom for the men and women in Mississippi that God wants them to walk in. And so I'm excited. I really am. And I thank you so much for this opportunity. Well, I'm so glad you guys got to come and share the word of the Lord with us. And and Bobby called me a couple of weeks ago and her and I had a great conversation on the phone. And I said, well, I need to get you guys in here for my show because this is not going to be a 10 minute interview. This is going to be an interview that's going to be a little bit more in depth. And we're actually running out of time. So I just wanted to let you guys know that. And I told you this would be a quick interview. But I think what you guys are doing is great. I think what you're doing is fantastic. I think that us as a community need to be appreciative and show support of what you're doing in our prisons. And just let us know whatever we can do to help you here at Super Talk 103 because you're doing a great job. And, you know, Super Talk Mississippi, we're all over the state. Yes. So let me know if there's any way I can help you in any other communities Thank you. Um, Thank you. to help create a change. So you guys, ladies, thank you. You want to say bye? Anything else you want to close out with? I just want to give God all the glory. Well, awesome. Dr. Washington? I just want to say that we're looking for churches, whether you have thought about a prison ministry or not. But just like you adopt a school, we would like for you to look at adopting um, this ministry and get involved. And like I said, we have several positions for you. And the first one starts as an intercessor. And just get in contact with the chaplain or with myself at prisonfellowship.org. And I just believe that we're going to do great things in the city of Meridian. I think you guys are as well. We guys, thank you so much for tuning in today to Grind Grace and Growth. You can also live stream from the Super Talk Mississippi app, or you can listen to this as a podcast series on Spotify. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.